I think many of us, probably most of us, either ourselves or our family members, our parents, we've all been in situations where we know that there are going to be mounting medical debt, right? That's just kind of part of, of the world we're living in right now. And to be able to assist families and, and folks in all of the areas that I had talked about previously, and helping that burden and that load be a little bit lighter, it's absolutely what that service is meant for. Folks shouldn't have to choose between paying their rent and paying for a medical appointment. They shouldn't have to choose between buying formula and making sure a kiddo gets to a physical therapy appointment. Welcome to the With You at Every Step podcast. We address your healthcare questions and help you navigate life's challenges. Our guests share their expertise and real-world advice related to care for older adults, grief and healing, and pregnancy and parenting. Every Step is a nonprofit healthcare and human services organization offering dozens of programs that are there when people need us most. Learn more about our free and low-cost services at everystep.org. Thank you for listening. Here is our host, Polly Carver-Kim. And thank you for joining us again today for With You at Every Step. Our guest again uh, for another go around, she was brave enough to come back again, is Jen Groves. She's the Vice President of Community Health Services at Every Step. And uh, first of all, welcome back to the show, Jen. Thanks for having me back, Polly. You know, Community Health Services is such a huge umbrella of the kinds of things that that we provide. Can you kind of give us a, a rundown of what that means for somebody who isn't sure what all of that means? Our community health services at every step really encompass our care and support programs. And those are going to be most of the programs that um, lean toward caring for young families, children, pregnant folks, those programs that we get the majority of grant funding for. And so outside of our um, clinical services like hospice and home care, these are going to be more of our public health prevention and promotion programs. That is a great summary. Yeah. It has a lot to do with public health, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Um, Today, I thought we'd talk just a little bit about Medicaid because we mentioned that or you you mentioned that in in a previous uh, program that we recorded uh, regarding pregnant people and Medicaid. Um, But for somebody who is not familiar with Medicaid and all the rules and regulations, I'm talking about myself right here. um, I guess, first of all, let me start with a very basic question. Let's say that somebody uh, needs services. Um, and they don't even know where to start. <laughs> how do they begin this process of figuring out if they qualify for Medicaid? How do you qualify and where do you go to do so? Well, every step would obviously be the first place that you would look to. So I would say that there are a couple of intake phone numbers that are available, but our website is the best place to start. So going to the Every Step website, um, looking at that and seeing if any of the services that are listed um, seem to meet your needs. Filling out um, the form on the website that's talking about access to care is always a great place to start. And from there, we would have somebody that would be able to call you back and walk you through the process. Medicaid really is um, an amazing insurance benefit that is available. It comes from federal and state funding. Uh, Iowa has, Iowa Medicaid has um, a, a wonderful array of services that, um, that that it covers. Not only does it cover, you know, when I think folks think about Medicaid, they are initially folks think of um, maybe folks are unemployed or they don't have access to health insurance. Uh, they think of 
folks that are are down on their luck or having some, uh, there may be low income. That is a piece of Medicaid. Absolutely. Medicaid does cover and provide health insurance for folks who are 19 to 64, who are single and have low income and aren't, or health insurance isn't available to them through their employer. It also covers so many other populations. It covers children. It covers adults with disabilities. It covers pregnant women. It covers our elderly. It covers, um, oh my gosh, I this is new to me, but families um, that have either children that have aged out of the foster care system or have been in foster care in their lives. It covers them until they're 26. Someone who is going through breast treat, breast cancer treatment or cervical cancer treatment, and they have treatment regimens that aren't covered under their commercial insurance. Medicaid can pick up pieces of of their care and make sure that those and other precancerous conditions are taken care of. So Medicaid, we think of it, I think, sometimes in a little bit of a limited scope on how it impacts us or what we hear in the news. But really, it's a it's a huge um, proponent um, of just healthy Iowans and healthy Americans. I really like what you said at the very beginning there, Jen, because I do think it has a little bit of a stigma to it. Oh, you receive Medicaid. That tells me something about you and uh, and what kind of a life you have. But that's not the case at all. My understanding is about 86.7 million people in the country have Medicaid services. And whether that's full Medicaid coverage where they Every time they go to their doctor or their eye doctor or their dentist, that they have some sort of coverage through Medicaid, or if it's someone who has commercial insurance and has a disability, and that Medicaid is that their secondary insurance, and it help covers copays for occupational therapy or physical therapy. There are all sorts of reasons why someone um, may be eligible, may qualify, and may receive Medicaid services. That just makes me think that there might be a lot of people who would be eligible for Medicaid as, like you say, a secondary insurance uh, provider or, you know, a primary insurance provider who don't think they would be covered by it. Mm -hmm. One of the statistics that I found when I was looking at this topic was that um, in Iowa, 75% of the adults 19 to 64 who receive Medicaid are working. And so that, again, is uh, dispels some of those, like, preconceived notions of what it means to to be eligible for a Medicaid benefit. So about 860 Iowans get the benefit. Um, that's three in eight children. So in wow. Iowa, Medicaid really is a children's health insurance program. Um, one in two of our older folks who are living in a nursing facility, one in two receive Medicaid to be able to take care of their health care benefits. So it really is all vulnerable populations, not only our folks that are, are living in um, where their socioeconomic status is impacting their ability to get insurance coverage. I'm going to throw this one out from left field here, Jen, but what would be the difference then between Medicaid and Hawkeye insurance that Iowa has for children? Absolutely. And there are so many. I, I really was um, am focused on talking about Medicaid today, but there are all sorts of different varieties of insurance, state and federally covered insurance programs that folks are eligible for. So in this case, um, Hawkeye, which is our a, a national or federal um, name for this would be the CHIP program. And it's another child health insurance program um, that's federally funded, but the states all over 
kind of come up with their own uh, names for it. So in Iowa, of course, it's Hawkeye. Um, and Hawkeye is going to cover children who whose families or maybe they themselves um, don't qualify independently for Medicaid. So maybe the income in the family is high enough. They don't have access to, to commercial insurance. They fall somewhat in that gap of being able to have private insurance, but they have um, maybe their income for their family is over the eligible amount for Medicaid. It still provides health care coverage. Okay. Uh, Thank you for being right on your toes to answer that because I didn't tell you I was going to talk about Hawkeye. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into the eligibility requirements. Um, What are they? Goodness, each state has different requirements and depending on... um, your own demographic status, it's going to be it's going to be different. So to be able to say you have to have this percent of the federal income across the board, it it, it really is a matter of going on to um, either our website and getting a link to the Iowa Health and Human Service page, or going directly on or, or getting into your search engine and looking up what um, Iowa Medicaid eligibility would be. Um, because it, it depends on the number of folks in your family. It depends on, like we said, disability status. Um, One of the things that I talked about when we were talking about uh, pregnancy services in Iowa was the fact that there is an amazing benefit on Medicaid called presumptive eligibility. And that's where someone who is pregnant, um, they qualify, they have an eligibility income threshold, but it's almost triple what it would be if you weren't pregnant, meaning you could make almost up to three or four times what you typically would make if you were a non-pregnant person applying for Medicaid because the state values so much those prenatal services, knowing that if we've got a human that's pregnant and is seeking care, we need to make sure that, um, you know, those th- those folks are getting not only all of the prevention services and the tracking, but that that baby has the best um, newborn and infant care it can get when it's born. You know, and, and as you think about a service like that, let's say, well, any of the Medicaid services for pregnant people or anyone else who qualifies, you're talking about helping an individual or a family, but it's bigger than that as you take in the public health sphere that when you help, uh, you know, these individuals stay healthy, you're really helping the community as a whole, right? It is. I, I would say that it's, you know, it's sort of the things that I hope folks might walk away with after hearing this is that first and foremost, um, the criteria and, and the number of different ways people are eligible for Medicaid is greater than just an income verification. Secondly, it really in Iowa is a children's health insurance program. It really is. It's above and foremost, children are the one are the primary recipients of Medicaid, which mean in Iowa, which means um, immunizations, well, child exams, vision screens, developmental screening, um, all of those things are taken care of. And not only are those taken care of, Years ago, we went from a state-based Medicaid system to what we call MCOs now, Managed Care Organizations, where where companies have come into Iowa through a grant process, through an application process, where they've said, this is why we think we're the best insurance companies to represent Medicaid-eligible folks in Iowa. And today we have three Medicaid care organizations, Amerigroup, Iowa Total Care, and Molina who work in that space, right? So you would think of something like maybe uh, United Healthcare or a Wellmark in a commercial in a commercial atmosphere. These are the same type of insurance companies, um, but it, their product, for lack of a better term, is Medicaid. Um, 
with each of those come what they're called value added benefits, which are something that I think um, it's just really incredible that they're able to provide these for their members. It's things like um, free glasses, uh, free boys and girls club membership. So if you've got a school aged kiddo who is on Medicaid, they could they could attend and participate in boys and girls club and their health insurance provider pays for that. How about um, monetary incentives for being able to do things like get your cervical cancer screenings, getting immunizations for your kiddos, um, breast pumps, doula services, free car seats. So it really is it, this insurance platform is enhancing the public health work that we're doing in the community. It's saying from an equity lens, folks all need to have a safe and healthy start. And here are the things that we can do to make sure we've got that. We can make sure that all folks are starting out, young families, kiddos, people with disabilities, they're all starting from a place um, as best as they can with an equitable go around. Speaking of equity and um, and I guess maybe then turning the coin a little bit and talking, to, uh, talking about stigma, um, I guess, you know, call me uneducated, but, you know, I'll say it myself. You know, sometimes you think, oh, well, if you have Medicaid services, you don't get the same kind of care. Uh, you have to go to different providers or you don't get to go to, uh, you know, the specialist that you need. Um, I'm assuming that I'm wrong about that. Uh, can you comment on that a little bit? And I am absolutely not an insurance professional by any means, but my understanding is that um, much like you would a commercial insurance platform, medical providers credential to be able to be on the Medicaid plan. And so there are medical professionals that are saying, yes, as a part of the services that I'm going to provide, this is one of probably the many insurance plans that I'm going to take. Um, are there providers out there that see primarily commercial insured patients? Probably. Are there providers out there that may traditionally see more of a Medicaid population because that's that's the way that, it, you know, it ruled? Could be that too. But no, I would say that there's absolutely no difference in the caliber of care that you would get, whether it's a, a commercial private insurance um, paid for medical service versus someone that had Medicaid. Absolutely not. I'm imagining it's just like if you were in a PPO with your health insurance, there are certain providers that are on your list. And if you go outside of them, well, then you have to pay more. I, this probably, I'm guessing, works like that. That there Absolutely. And it also there's some, you know, it also depends if it's your primary insurance or your secondary insurance. So if you have um, commercial, you're a family that has commercial insurance and you have a child that has um a diagnosis, a disability, something that would qualify them, not your family, but that individual child, um, maybe they have a special need, you can apply for what's called a waiver. And basically what that says is we're going to waive the family's income eligibility and focus just on this child who may need some additional support and some additional medical or occupational physical therapy, speech therapy. And we know those co-pays rack up, right? We know it's going to be expensive. For those extra services. And those children and those families may be eligible for that child to have their primary insurance coverage be their commercial insurance that everyone else in the family has, and then their secondary insurer would be Medicaid. And so it, the, again, not an insurance expert, but if I went to physical therapy and my 
commercial insurance, my privately paid commercial insurance pays 80% and I have 20% that's left over, then the Medicaid would come and help with that 20% of that remaining copay. And so we don't have families that are going into huge amounts of debt. We don't have families that are really, really struggling because they're trying to ensure that their child has the best and most equitable start by being able to get some services that instead of going for a well child exam and maybe a sports physical once or twice a year, they're having to go once or twice a week to a specialist for some additional care. It's just, it sounds like a kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a comfort to parents, especially when we're talking about children that, uh, yeah, I can, I don't have to put off that doctor's appointment because I don't want to pay that. Uh, you know, I don't have insurance or I know I can't pay the copay. Um, that Medicaid really provides that kind of gentle landing for people in that situation. I think many of us, probably most of us, either ourselves or our family members, our parents, we've all been in situations where we know that there are going to be mounting medical debt, right? That's just kind of part of, of the world we're living in right now. And to be able to assist families and, and folks in all of the areas that I had talked about previously, and helping that burden and that load be a little bit lighter, it's absolutely what that service is meant for. Folks shouldn't have to choose between paying their rent and paying for a medical appointment. They shouldn't have to choose between buying formula and making sure a kiddo gets to a physical therapy appointment. Absolutely. Jen, thanks again for being with us today. Uh, if you uh, tuned in at the very beginning, uh, Jen mentioned our website that you can go to to ask for more information. And and if you would like to do that, that website is everystep.org slash care, C-A-R-E, everystep.org slash care. And uh, there you'll find a, a, no, a, a no obligation confidential form. You fill that out. Uh, it'll go to uh, one of our great specialists who will give you a call back and, and get things rolling for you. So thanks to Jen Groves again. She's the Vice President of Community Health Services with Every Step. And I'm Polly Carver-Kim. 